what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, CEOs, artists, hustlers, people in and around the world that are, they're in their thing, they're on their vibe. You know, you guys that are all listening, you do things differently. None of us are following an exact blueprint because the world is not so linear. Our journeys are not so linear. And all of our guests that come on will be the first to agree with you that, you know, you you gotta figure it out your way, what makes the most sense for you. And, uh, and I'm grateful every week I have some of the most amazing guests, uh, you know, creators on the planet that are, they're figuring out whether it's their first venture, their 50th venture, you know, um, I always say I don't, we don't glamorize or glorify in success because it just, it's not overnight. There's so much that's happening in the middle, no matter where you're at, no matter how many times you've done something before. Um, and you know, what's some of these underlying themes, how do we humanize this entrepreneurial journey, um, to show you like, we're really all the same having, you know, the same experiences just in a different, you know, capacity, if you will. And today will be no different. Uh, but for those of you that are new, I'm Matt Gottesman, host and founder of Hustle Separately. You can follow me on Insta at Matt Gottesman for my other ventures. If you want to get in the conversation on the intersection of entrepreneurship, creativity, and culture, you can go to HDF magazine. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow at Hustle Sold separately. Uh, but I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And um, we're going to be talking about the not so glamorous side of entrepreneurship on the way to making a business work and thrive. And uh, I've got Rob Kessler. He's an entrepreneur and inventor and founder of Million Dollar Caller and Go Tyless. Really cool. I was actually watching um, uh, a few of the stories on, uh, it's not the stories, uh, videos online. And I actually am a, a uh, an avatar. I am a demographic for him. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But um, you know, after he he came to a very interesting revelation. You know, he had this beautiful pressed you know shirt from Express, and it was like you know you know I'm gonna wear this on my wedding day. Uh, and then he came home from Jamaica. Uh, it, it didn't work basically, essentially with the collar, as you guys know. Like um, for any of the men out there, collars like on your on your shirts. <laughs> Like they do not stay, you know, stiff and propped up for a very long time. And even if you go get it like pressed, it like instantly after one wear, it's done. Right. So when Rob came home from Jamaica uh, with a very passionate drive to ensure no other man had to suffer from placiditis, which we're going to talk about this. Um, And then, uh, you know, it's a curable condition that affects all dress shirts, um, as many men know this Um, when they're worn without a tie. Right. Uh, Million dollar collar is the world's first placket stay and it's similar to like a collar stay but for the buttons and the holes part of the dress shirt so at the very 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 top so it stays propped up and doesn't just kind of start to fold over uh so you can tell i've been dealing with this for a while uh and it's a simple alteration permanently uh adds reinforcement to the focal part of a casually worn dress shirt and uh he's now made it easier to uh you know really look good with the shirt um and he recently uh, released a dress shirt um with his patented technology built in we're going to talk about the process of getting a patent um, and I uh, released that on Go Tyless, uh, where he aims to define business casual with a, a first shirt designed to be worn without a tie. And uh, Rob also got his BS in marketing from University of Wisconsin School of Business and Admin. And welcome to the show, man. I appreciate having you on. Wow, Matt, that was a heck of an intro, man. I love that. That's great. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, looking, you got, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is like, and I've said this before to other guests, as an entrepreneur, you're always going, 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 and it's hard to, 
look back sometimes because we're, we're so forward thinking. So every now and then we have to take a breather and be like, man, there were some things that happened, <laughs> you know, along the way. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you having you on the show. Um, I, I love what you're doing and, but I want for, for context sake, and you can go as far back as you want. The first question is always the same for anybody. Like, what was it that got us to here? Like you can go, you know, even before starting, uh, this venture, like what was the process of coming to today? And then, you know, and then that's where I really want to talk about like a lot of the, the lessons and other things. Cause I already sensed from when we were emailing each other and then the conversation before we started, you could sense, you know, there, there's a lot of the not so glamorous stuff that's happening. And I'd, I'd love to like talk more about that as well too. So, but first, like, how do we get here today? Uh, I was a pretty rambunctious kid. So, um, you know, I think my brother and I would be horsing around all the time. My brother, my dad had a rule, nobody in, nobody out when he wasn't home. So we were basically kind of jailed at, at home. So <laughs> I, my brother and I used to screw around a lot and tried to had to find things to do at home. And I would often break things around the house and it would, instead of getting in trouble, I would try to, you know, piece things back together and hope that nobody found, found out what I did. So I think that kind of started my tinkering, you know, entrepreneurial uh, inventor kind of side because, you know, it was not worth getting in trouble because my dad was <laughs> pretty scary. Um, so it kind of all started there, you know, little figurines and stuff like that. And um, I came up with a bunch of ideas over the days. Uh, in high school, I came up, it was about the time when uh, that what would Jesus do? WWJD was everywhere when I was in high school. And at the same time, Bill Clinton was uh, with Monica Lewinsky, I'll say. Gotcha. <laughs> and so I came up with the idea of a shirt that was WWCD, what would Clinton do? And I had all these resources to do all that. And uh, I ended up talking myself out of it because I was 17. I'm like, I have no business. You know, I'm too young to be in business. Why would I do this? Nobody's going to buy these. And and I kind of talked myself out, even though I had all the resources at the ready, even at 17 years old. And from there, I just kind of always had little ideas coming up. You know, I try a product and I look at it and I'm like, God, why does it work like this? If it worked like this, it might be easier. And it's just kind of how my brain works. So um, that's that's kind of leads up to where we got to. And I just never really liked wearing a tie. Uh, I sold cars for a while and you're forced to wear a tie and I was in my early 20s and I think it just always had a bad stigma with me. So um, very rare to find me in a tie. And uh, since I got married seven years ago, uh, it's I think I've only worn a tie once or twice outside of you know being in a wedding. How did you how did you decide finally that you were ready to like, you know, you're like, you know what? Now I feel like based off of time experiences um, you know, I want to venture out on my own. I want to work for myself. I want to just do, I want to build something, you know, from the ground up. When, when did that start? How'd that happen? So, you know, I was always in sales from 16, 17 years old. Um, I sold houses, cars, and diamonds. And so when you're in real estate, you're pretty much work for your yourself. I mean, I was under a big label in, in Milwaukee called first Weber group. It was the biggest one in the state. And uh, I worked at that agency and, and it was all on my effort and my thing. So it was kind of my own business, but still had a little bit of um, protection, I would say. Um, while I was doing that, I was working on a big condo project. It was 2005, 2006. And the condos were selling well, but I was stuck in this tr triple wide trailer on the site of this condo project. And uh, I knew a bunch of people that knew art and um had some great designs and I said, wow, instead of an artist having to sell a thousand or $2,000 painting, what if we took that art and put it onto t-shirts and those artists promoted their art, uh, 
with little t-shirts instead of these massive paintings and things that they had to do. You know, Ed Hardy at that time was hugely popular and selling $150 graphic t-shirts. So I started, uh, started doing that little business. It was called nude stood for nothing else will do N E W D. And so I had nude clothing and, um, I started out trying to do the the graphic t-shirt line and the screen printers were all kind of, you know, I didn't, it's nickel and diamond me. I just hate that in life. And so I ended up meeting a guy and two weeks later we bought all the equipment. He taught me how to screen print and I built a million dollar screen printing business out of that random meeting. So I kind of always done my own thing. And, um, you know, my dad's a entrepreneur, my aunts and uncles. And so it, it kind of just made sense to me. I didn't really think of anything else, I guess. No. And I like, and I like the fact that you were always kind of, um, getting out of your comfort zone I mean, like, well, I'm doing this over here, but like, what else can I learn and what else can I apply and how else can I be strategic and, you know, what else can I market and see if it works, you know, and not being afraid to do that. I think a, a lot of people sometimes they, you know, and you would learn probably from talking yourself out of it, but there's a lot of people who they'll just talk themselves out of it all the time. And it's like, listen, none of us really know until we start trying things and look, and at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't look pretty publicly. <laughs> we get that. But other times we're, we're figuring it out and, you know, it, it, in the process of figuring it out, we figure ourselves out as well too. There's definitely a, a, a you know, a bit of a journey and discovery and whatnot. Um, so now, and so now, you know, fast forward, um, wh what year did you start? Uh, how, how long ago did you start um, Go Tyless and Million Dollar Collar? Which by the way, I love the concept and you can talk about like, talk about the emotion of like what happened. You're like, you, because it, it seems like not a, a big deal to a lot of people, but it is a huge, men know this. Men definitely know this because like, the shirts, especially some of our favorite shirts, I know that like after a while we can't wear them, um, or in, even no matter how much we press them, because up at the top, the way that like it gets too flimsy or it gets started get bent out of shape, um, you know, it's a call like our collar is it's a big deal on the shirt. So I actually that's what I really appreciate about what you're doing. Um, so, but I'd love to kind of hear more about the emotion behind when you're like, that's it, like this is gonna get solved. So yeah, I never really, I mean. I'm not a big dress shirt guy. I'll be the first one to say, but when I do put on a dress shirt and not a tie, uh, I, I'm doing it because I want to look good. And I'm not going to say that I have clinically diagnosed OCD, but you know, <laughs> I, there's certain things that just drive me nuts and it won't make me happy until I get it fixed. And I really hone in on this one little detail. And so, you know, I just remember before I got married, I'd be, you know, my wife and I would want to go out and I'd, ironing my shirt and touching it up and like one side would sit good and then the other would flop and then the other would sit good and then the other would flop and I'm like god this is so stupid and so I went down to Jamaica got married in my express shirt brand new freshly pressed and uh, that was seven years ago three days ago my anniversary was just a couple days ago and every year we watch our wedding video <laughs> and I just saw it again three days ago that I'm standing there waiting for her to show up and my shirt was already crumbled. I mean, less than 30 minutes after putting on this freshly pressed shirt. Sure, it was a little humid in Jamaica, but still, it just it just looked terrible. And so I remember adjusting it all day long on my wedding day. And I've, you know, hundreds, thousands of photos. I, we, we flew the photographer down. So I think we had, he took like 2,500 photos or 3,000 photos in that day or something. I mean, he was, he's nuts. But, um, so I had all these photos and my shirt just looked terrible. I just remember adjusting. And there's spots in the video, you can see me just like, pulling up the collar and trying to adjust it. So I came home and, uh, you know, I started looking at shirts. I cut one open. I shoved a piece of cardboard down the front and showed my new bride. And she's like, Oh, 
I get it. I get what you've been complaining about all these years because I guess I could never really articulate it. And like you said, I think guys just, you know, accept it as a thing. You know, it's like, oh, well, it's just going to be like this and I just deal with it. And the reason it's like that is because dress shirts were designed to be worn with a tie. Mm. You know, you button it all the way up, you throw a tie in and it doesn't need any structure in the front of the shirt. But the problem is, is most shirts, most of the time, like upwards of 90 percent are worn without a tie and nobody's addressed the problem until we came out. So um, we have the only one that is sewn in. You know, guys, we're always on the run. We're always fast moving and forget stuff. Um, so I wanted something that was permanent. Uh, doing an aftermarket kit was really easy because fortunately all the dress shirts are made the same. There's always two layers where the buttons and the holes are. There's always two layers where the collar band is. So your tailor opens up a couple stitches, slides in my product, sews it back together, and it hides right inside the shirt and just makes it look amazing right at the top, right at the front. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's and it's and it's so true because like I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a suit guy. I mean, I, I, let, let me tell you, I mean, there's nothing more that I like cool three piece suits type, you know, here and there when it makes sense. But I'm a I'm not a I'm more of like a streetwear kind of <laughs> like I just I don't know. I'm not I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy, but um I but there are some nice shirts that I have that um that are you know they're collared shirts that I like wearing and that happens and it's like so I, I'm I'm with you brother. I'm completely on it and I like that how. Um, make an aftermarket product for something that was just accepted because you're right. It's like, we just all kind of accepted it. Like, no, nah, that's just the way it is. So, you know, um, because we would be willing to do something about it if there was a solution, which you came up with. Um, I like that you were telling me there's a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes and you can share as much of it as you want to, um, you know, <laughs> as much of the pain sometimes that happens in the process but i mean i would love to talk to you talk have you talk about like the process of actually doing something like a patent and you know did everybody get this along the way and you know what happened when you went to market and things like that i mean if you were to ever vent what you were really really feeling this would be the time <laughs> that's what i tell people i'm like this is a business therapy podcast in a lot of ways like Okay. Don't, you know, but, but I, obviously we always keep it respectful, but at the same time, like it, it's, it's your, you know, it's our world. We're, we're talking about this stuff. It's like, we're having a coffee conversation for the rest of the world to hear, um, say what you really want. Like to, I would love for people to get the idea of like, okay, cool. Yeah. Even though he came up with a great product and he's on the market and I can go to the website and I see all this end result stuff. There's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes and figuring out. And I f would love if you could just expand on, on some of those areas. All right, sit back, and here goes the ride. And here we go. Here we go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, so the patent process is insane. It took two and a half years. Um, my patent attorney, when we first met, he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, you know, it starts out with a patent search, which was about 1500 or 2000 bucks. And let me tell you, from the second you write that first check, you are not going to stop writing $1,000 checks for a long, long time. And uh, so we did the patent search. Nothing was out there started the process. He's like, yeah, it's probably going to be around, I could probably get this done for about 20 grand. He, this guy was $570 an hour. And, you know, going into the process, I'm like, look, if I'm going to invest my life into doing this, I need to find the best attorney I can and make sure that I'm protected as I go through this process. I've never done it before. And I just want to make sure that, um, you know, that I'm taken care of and that I'm protected. And so we got into the process it took about two and a half years going back and forth with the government. The first thing that he's going to ask you is, do you want to expedite this process? If 
the way that patents are written is they write it as broad as possible to cover as much as you can so that you know you can get the best patent the patent office on the other hand wants it as defined as possible so it's this battle of back and forth well every time you go back and forth uh, you can either wait six months for a reply or spend 3500 extra dollars and wait six weeks for a reply. So we did that to try to expedite the process. So there's another three grand gone. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's just back and forth. And every time my attorney touches something, I mean, 30 minutes is 300 bucks. So, you know, the bills added up really quick. We are now into the patent for a little over $100,000. Oh, my God. Uh, so <laughs> if you try budgeting 20 and the bill's five times more expensive, that screws with things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, you know, it's part of what it is. So I, I deal with that and, you know, we pay them when when we have bills. We just take care of it and, you know, it's part of it. There's a really sad story of, you know, those fidget spinners, those little three-sided things? Uh, yeah. A lady invented that for her daughter and got a patent. And then there's the uh, annual maintenance fees on the patent. Well, she got this patent, was paying for it, and couldn't afford the $1,500 annual maintenance fee and lost the patent. And then all of a sudden, somebody found it, and now it's a billion-dollar industry of these fidget spinners, and she got nothing. And she lost out on her entire patent over a $1,500 maintenance fee. Oof. So you've got to like – deep down and find money sometimes even when it's not there because losing it at this point is would be catastrophic you know i, I really like i really respect and appreciate that you said that that's it that's exactly it. it's like look if you've come this you didn't come this far to come this far right is the famous quote out there or whatever but it, but it's really true it's like you believe in it there's an energy there there's time and, and money that's been spent to it. just you know find a way find a way find a way um you know no matter how dire the circumstances are for exactly reasons just like that, but also, <laughs> <laughs> but also because of you know, um, because that happens. It definitely happens. Um, and then you also, first of all, that's uh, commendable. I appreciate the and respect the your ability to be like, you know what? All right, so it costs more than we we thought, but we're gonna keep going. Like we we got something because if you believing in it, you got to believe in it first before anybody else. And the more you're backing and the more you're around it and understanding how the the product or service that you created it works the easier it really is to sell, you know, and what a, by the way, what a blessing that you come from a sales background. Um, I say it's not, it's not hard to sell anything that you actually believe in, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I mean, I think in, in, you know, on, on those, those lines that you're saying, you know, you really have to be able to pivot too and listen, yes. you know, as a good sales person, you got to listen. I mean, what we did early on was do a Kickstarter. We thought we were going to make our own dress shirt in the beginning. Mm. And, uh, they were going to cost a ton. So we trying to raise 40 grand to make 2000 shirts. So they were like $20 a piece or something. And we only raised about, I don't know, 17 or $18,000 of our goal. And so that was our first, whoa, what are we doing thing? But unequivocally, the feedback from people was, why are you trying to compete with all the brands that are out there? And why can't I upgrade the shirts I already own? Mm. And so we took that feedback to heart and we went back to the drawing board and kind of tweaked the design and made it into the universal thing that it is and came to market with that and put the our own dress shirt thing on the back burner and listened to what the market was saying. Why can't we, you know, why can't we upgrade the shirts we already own? And then you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, if you know what shirt you like, what fits right, I, why compete with that? Why not just sell you a kit to upgrade that? So it worked out on the inventory side because I can fit. $20,000 worth of inventory in a shoebox. I love saying that. Um, 
right? <laughs> now that I've got dress shirts, it's a well, whole other story. And, and, you know, and really what you did, I mean, it, it, there's so many valuable lessons in there. Uh, number one, you went from competing to complimenting an industry um, because you're like, yeah, no matter who the maker is, which, you know, there's a whole other, there's like, now you got distribution, you can do partnerships with different, um, with different brands. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen in that. But then also, I, 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 I love that you mentioned um, we, we listened to the market and we made a pivot. Um, so often than not, people are so invested one way. And I'm like, that's just because you're invested from an emotional standpoint. But your goal, if you remove you from that equation, is to serve a market. Listen to them. Just ask them what they want or present things to them. See how they play with it or what they want tweaked and changed and turned around. And if it's in alignment with like, you know, making sense with what you're capable of doing and even propelling you, make the tweaks, service them, show them that you actually care. And the reward is actually that they come back even more and refer even more. And I mean, it's it's just getting out of your own way. And you guys clearly did that. You know, you just you made you made a pivot. Um, you know, what um, what other kinds of challenges have you faced in going to market? Um, because you know, from a product standpoint, we live in a digital world, right? Um, so there's both the physical world and the stores, and then there's the, you know, in retail, and then there's the digital retail as well. And those are two different behemoths. Um, and, you know, whether it's, you know, working through the um, retail partners or going direct to consumer, what are some of the, like the lessons that you learned or, you know, with the product launches and whatnot? Uh, you know, the biggest thing that we say that, um, that our challenge was is there wasn't really a roadmap for us in that we have one of the few products that you buy one place and you have to go somewhere else just to use it. So we sell million dollar collar and packs of five, 10, 20 or 50 on our website. Consumers get those in the mail and then they have to go to the local dry cleaner or tailor or whatever to get them installed. So first of all, Americans don't typically do a lot of tailoring for the most part. Like in Europe, everybody's tailoring everything to make it fit perfectly. Right Here, people just want to buy it off the rack and it should fit. So we had that challenge to overcome. And mm -hmm. then, you know, just kind of the stigma, you know, the, the name is called Million Dollar Collar because it makes sense. It puts you in the right part of the shirt, even though we're not in the collar whatsoever. So people's gut reaction is, I already have collar stays. Well, we're not a collar stay. We don't go in the collar whatsoever. But nobody knows what a placket is unless you're deep inside of the industry. And so calling our company Perfect Placket, I think, created more challenges because nobody knows what a placket is. So we had a little challenge with the name. We have a challenge with the product itself. And so we ended up spending years building a installer network. So we have about 600 dry cleaners and tailors that right now carry million dollar collar and know how to do the installations. We have a map on our website to direct people to that. But that took going to a half a dozen dry cleaning trade shows, which are not the most exciting thing in the world. But, you know, getting into the industry with the, the people that are in business for business and, and talking to those guys. And that's been uh, probably our biggest challenge is that. And then just, you know, educating people on what it is. Everybody thinks collar stay, like I said, and, and we're the only thing that goes into the placket of a shirt right down the front where the buttons and the holes are. And so. We've tried to get cutesy and do all these other things, and we always come back to a before and after photo is our number one best-selling thing because it shows exactly what we do. And then you'll find all these internet trolls that are just out there looking to tear everybody else down because they can't do anything on their own. And so we got to fight with that constantly. So, you know, it's it's all part of it. I mean, if nobody knew who you were, then you wouldn't have haters. 
So right. I love that that Grant Cardone always says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Um, what, what? I mean, what, what, what are internet trolls even saying about it? Are they just like, obviously, they hide behind their computer screens and their and their, you know, the phones. And and I've seen it. Like I, I mean, um, even on a couple of my accounts, every now and then you get somebody. I'm like, this is either a teachable moment or I gotta like, you gotta go. <laughs> but I mean, you know, trolls are trolls. But what, what, um, what kinds of things have you have you seen and heard and? Well, a lot of people just try to poke holes in whatever you're doing. I mean, oh, I recently you. you had a guy that was like, learn how to wear a shirt. And so my response is, are, do you teach a class on how to wear a shirt? I mean, the fact is, it's not about learning how to wear. Shirts just weren't designed to be worn without a tie. Yet a lot of people are like, that's what starch is for. Well, dude, starch, number one, is 500-year-old technology. Number two, it's for wrinkles. I talk to thousands of dry cleaners. Starch is not to prop up the front of your shirt. It's to prevent wrinkles in your shirt so starch is not the thing collar stays isn't the thing like everybody just thinks they know everything and they just start spouting off right and it's like dude, there's there's humans behind this there's time and passion and hundreds of thousands of dollars just because you think you know what you're talking about and you don't like the the balance is do i make you look like a jackass and go back at you or do you try to like play it cool and say you know make it an educational teachable moment like you said and you know, there's just sometimes where I'm like, you're such an idiot. I have to go after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I, I usually put it into three buckets, right? There's either like, this is a teachable moment or this is just like, nah, the community of mine will probably go at them anyways, or you're gone, you're cut, you know? Um, but, but, you know, the teachable moments part are, are interesting because I've found in business, it's sort of like, you know, or would it, would it like, what was that one example? Like, or, you know, um, is there a class on a perfect shirt or something like that? Or like, you know, just make a perfect how shirt. How to wear like, a shirt. Like, you know, I, he was like, just learn how to wear a shirt. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, I put it on one arm, then the other, and then button it up. Is there something more I should know? Right. Well, you know, and, it, and it's funny because like when, when people do stuff like that, I, I use it at these great moments to be like, have you been able to wear like certain shirts beyond like a certain amount of time? I'm like, for me, what pisses me off is when they do this, this, and this. It's like all of a sudden, like you pull them inadvertently. They don't even realize that, like you pull them right into your side, and they're like, "Yeah, actually." And you're like, "Well, yeah, that's what I was talking about." And they go, "Oh," <laughs> you know, and you're just like, because they're so, you know, people are just they're so quick to. You're right. They don't know what goes into things behind the scenes. They don't understand like all of that. They don't understand the hundred thousand dollar patent. They don't understand you having six hundred, you know, dry cleaning outlets. They don't. They, you, you know, it's so small yet innovative and um you know if people uh were busier they would have less time to, to make comments like that. that's what i was yeah i know that last guy too is like dude would you get paid by the minute or by the word i'm like i'm talking about my company you're the one out randomly attacking somebody and trying to tear them down for what reason dude it's your time they're wasting i'm just proving my point time and time again every time you say something so you can keep going all you want yeah no and people get to read and see my side of it yeah, it's it's been a very it's been a very fine balance um, of um, what what deserves a response, which is mostly none of it, <laughs> which is what I've found. Mo- but and then where where does it where does it reserve, uh, um, you know deserve one? So I I totally get. It. I mean it's a it's a it's definitely that that in itself as community manager of the brand, you know as well. Like besides being a, an owner, you're also managing the brand right at scale. So what um. And then, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you attempted to do some things with, from an advertising standpoint, I mean, and, and, and that was an interesting lesson. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. I mean, you know, the challenge again, like I said, because our product is one of those different ones where it is one place and then you have to go somewhere else just to use it. 
uh, we've hired a bunch of Facebook people, um, different ad people. I hired an Amazon guy. I built our Amazon store totally organically to like $11,000 a month. And, you know, I got to that point. I was like, well, cool, let's go bigger, you know? And then I go to look to hire somebody. And this guy ran the first Amazon ads we did. The sale, he spent $1,500 on ads the first month. Our sales tanked from 11,000 down to 7,000. Then I had to pay him 1,500 or whatever for his service. And then it's taken me months and months because I didn't know what I had done to build it to what I was. And I didn't know what he changed. So all of a sudden I hired this guy for 1500 bucks and I'm out five, $6,000 a month for the next, you know, eight months going forward, trying to recoup and figure things out. So that seemed to be what happened to us from time and time again. And we had another Facebook guy. It's like, Oh, if we just run a shit ton of ads and you're going to, your sales will go up. Uh-huh. We hired that guy for five grand. He ran $5,000 worth of ads one month. And our sales went down from the previous month. I mean, we just, and so Million Dollar Collar has spent and been burned for probably close to eighty-five dollars or $90,000 on top of the patent. So now you got two hundred grand out the door that you weren't expecting. And so now we're insanely, you know, slow to hire. Almost everything we do is going to have to be on a performance basis because we've given people the chances and... I mean, we had a lady claim that she was part of uh, Damon John's shark branding network and she was going to get us on to Shark Tank and do all this and get us a meeting with the guys that untuck it. And she stole twenty five hundred bucks from us. And and it's just like you do everything you can to vet these people. But man, there's just there's shysters out there everywhere. And I, I'm I'm a glass half full. I want to believe people are good because I'm good. And thank God I've got my partner and he really digs in. But it's still no matter what diligence you do, somebody's going to find a way to get through because we just believe what we're doing, just trying to take it further. And people take advantage from time to time. Uh, and that was just million dollar collar. We just had another deal with Go Tylus recently. With We hired a big agency, mm. spent like 30 grand with them. Go Tylus is the only shirt designed to be worn without a tie. Million dollar collar built in. It's not like we're creating a new market like Go Tylus was or a million dollar collar was. Go Tylus is a shirt selling to shirt, you know, the shirt to guys. We launched in late October of last year, right before Christmas, and thirty thousand bucks these guys managed to sell four shirts over Christmas. Um, and I mean, some of the ads even were like, "Hurry before we sell out." We sold out in three days. I mean, it's just like you know, we hired a company for five grand a month thinking they knew what they were doing and we can push this off. We didn't have to deal with it. And it's like, no matter what you do, you got to just babysit people. It's crazy. Yeah. So. No, thank you. By the way, thank you for sharing all that. Um, uh, and, and being open about that. Uh, it happened. So anybody else listening, this happens to everybody. Um, I'm probably well over a hundred K on, uh, multiple things uh, online. And for the record, as a background in tech, both, um, from a, um, uh, from a software side all the way through to front end, like marketing, UI, UX, all this stuff. I've, I mean, I've had to literally find resources. It's amazing when you do things yourself. So I've always had to resource people. And it was always one thing for when it was dealing with, with bigger brands. But even then, many making sure to manage budgets, which is funny because they just want to spend the money anyways. But then like when it's your own thing, I really like diving into the details. But it's just like you, there have been a couple of times where you hire the resources and you got to, oh, I got it to 10K a month or 15K a month. And all of a sudden, like 
they screw it up and you're like, I'm down to 2K a month. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you got to go back and, and that's entrepreneurship for anybody listening, in my opinion. It's like you being able to dive back into the details and be like, how to get it to here, knowing what I know, let me use that to ask if there are any other exports or I have to keep managing this until I do find somebody. And I agree with that, um, you know, hire slow, you know, fire fast. Um, it's just... Uh, it's just ridiculous, and and then because you, you're just you're seeing this upsurge as well between you know the online like um, you know people making it look a certain way, um, using malicious marketing tactics. I will not do that. I will also not associate my brand with certain with certain brands, even if they're really great softwares like all this stuff. I, I get it. I don't care um, because at the end of the day, like long game thinking. I'm very Gary V, and you know, and then doing the work, right, being down the yep. ground. So I really appreciate you talking about that because. I feel like that's also the the way ultimately you figure out like the lingo and like what's missing and you know and then that way when you go to resource somebody right you can say like hey guys like look we built this with Amazon to here I I I see all these different things tell me what you're going to do differently but also show me very specifically you know how that affects and then I need to see some results and then I need to see some data and then I need to see this 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 I need five references <laughs> like it gets to a point where you're now you're, you know, it's like, yo, I, I need to see that this is in your DNA. Otherwise we can't work together, you know? Well, yeah. And then it becomes a whole other job, like bringing that person on. Exactly. So when it's just a partner and I trying to run million dollar collar and now go tireless, it's like, there's only two of us doing two companies worth of work already. So to take time out and really like baby step somebody through that process where, you know, we thought we were hiring this professional company that right. should right. be able to onboard pretty easily because they've done this a thousand times. Yes. And, you know, it's like, dude, we, we were willing to spend that kind of money because we thought we were hiring an agency to handle this. Like, right. So, yeah, it's, no. it's super frustrating. I mean, you know, and then people get my product and good engineering makes a complicated thing work and look simple. And so people look at my thing and say, oh, it's just a piece of plastic. It's like, dude. First of all, it's not a piece of plastic. It took three years to develop a material that could handle double the heat of dry cleaning, which would, I ruined a hundred shirts trying to figure that whole material thing out. And, you know, it's not just what you see, you know, I've got a hundred thousand dollar patent. You got to pay every single one of those products I sell. I got to have some money to pay for that patent. And I got a hundred grand from people that stole from me. I got to pay for that. By the way, I'd like to make a little money for myself and my family and, you know, feed my dog that's 130 pounds it eats a lot so you know there's you can't look at just a product and say oh this thing looks like it should be this expensive it's like dude there's so many other things that go into it so um, well, and, and yeah every, it's it's okay. interesting well no everything you just said though that right there that's the content i like that's the content guys you have no idea let me show you what I, what just happened here's shirt one here's shirt 13 here's shirt 55 here's shirt 100 guys this is what i have gone through to get this, you know, this is, you know, and here's what I learned about the process and here's what's going on with it. Here's how I figured out price point. I think that's why I'm just such a, a big proponent of like the whole Gary Vee of like just documents like, hey, here's what's really going on. You guys want to know? Like, I'll, I'm happy to walk you guys through the entire process. Here's what I'm doing for this. Here's what I'm doing for that. And it's an interesting, I've, I've noticed that um, it not only bumps up price points, um, but it, 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 it shows people like, wow, like this isn't, I'm not looking at an end product. I'm looking at this person's lifeblood. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. like I see what they're going through, and I'm like, you know what? Like, you could even get ladies to be like, I don't really need the product because I'm not your market, but I'm going to buy that for somebody right now because, like, I see what's going into this, and like, somebody's got to buy that. You know, somebody's going to need that. I know somebody. You know, so it's, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you said earlier, it's like guys know this Guys see it. It's actually ladies that see it, too. You know, like we've got a lot of wives and girlfriends that buy it because it's like, dude, I don't want to go get all prettied up. And then you're walking around with this sloppy ass collar looking all (laughs) shaggy. Like, I want you to look good like I look good. And so they're buying it for their guys and, you know, just getting their shirts done and they love it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... and it, it does work for women's shirts, too. But that's true. Ladies, they got so many more. I mean, women can have a thousand other options other than a dress shirt to put on. So we just haven't focused a ton on it. Cause it's like 90% men's dress shirts versus maybe 10% women's. I mean, guys, the, the go-to thing for a guy is a dress shirt, put on a dress shirt. You can wear a sweater, you can wear a suit, you can tuck it, you can untuck it, you can roll the sleeves. It's like the most versatile thing we have, but women have 55 million other things to pick from. Uh, so that's why our focus has just been on mostly on men. What's it been like? You had mentioned something to me prior to the show about being told no a million times. Um, because you're introducing a complimentary product to the market, was it hard? Was it hard for some people to see it? You know, was it? Still is. Still to this day, every day. Um, we got the patent in late 2015 and early 2016. We were in the offices of Ralph Lauren and Perry Ellis, Calvin Klein. Uh, proper cloth. Like we went to talk to all these guys. They're like, I don't know if it's really a thing. I don't know if our customers are really, you know, uh, complaining about it enough to make a change. So, and we had no sales at that point because we just launched in January, Mm. 2016. So we had no sales. So we went back and did our end consumer sales. We pushed and tried to prove the concept. And now we're coming up on like 300,000 sets sold. 115 countries our average customer buys like 16 or 17 sets at a time so they're committing to it their whole closet um fully and so we still hear no i mean i'm trying to get into men's warehouse and to me and all the business people i know they're like dude that's perfect they have salespeople, they sell dress shirts and they have tailors in 2000 plus locations this is a perfect fit product for them to upsell to all their customers and I hear them and they just the guy just this week said, uh, we're not really interested right now. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to stop until I'm in there because I know it's the right product for your company and mine. So if you're not the right guy, tell me who I need to talk to. Exactly. Because you can't just say no without even having a conversation and not knowing all the opportunities. No, that's that's so well put. That's the tenacity of being like, I need the chief decision maker. And you can even say, like, listen, this is just from a straight. Let's just talk data. Here's my testimonials here's my my sales here's the the places that we exist here's the you know what people have told us here's that all of it in action here's all the data like numbers don't lie i'm presenting you with the numbers and here's where you know how that can be tweaked for your numbers and my numbers going forward like it's just a very simple conversation but if you're not the decision maker i need you to point me in the direction of the person who understands what i'm showing with all this data Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got one of the only products on the planet that requires you to go into a location to use it. So I can literally send people in the front door of bricks and mortar stores. And these guys are like, nah, I don't know if I need any more traffic. Like, what are you talking about? Everybody needs more traffic. Right. Well, that's also, they may, may about, they may not be built for scale. And that's where you start to see the difference between small business and entrepreneurship, right? Some don't, you know, it's like, do they have the systems to handle more? than their current capacity. But yeah, it's a, but that's actually a very well uh, differentiator. It's like, I can actually drive traffic, physical foot traffic. That right there, man, leaning on that all day long is just like, what do you mean you could drive people to like my store? You mean not just online? Like, yeah. And, and actually give them a reason to come into the store, even if they are an online purchaser. That's, I mean, to me, 
that's a differentiation uh, point right there. And, you know, and it's like, look, like, uh, I did a post the other day. You only have to be right once. You only have to find, <laughs> you only have to find that one person that gets it right once. They're like, you, sir, I need you in my 2000 locations ASAP. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, their stock share, their stock price went from like 70 some dollars. It's down to seven bucks a share or something yeah. they should be open to every freaking possibility out there and listening to every opportunity there is and trying to find a way to turn that thing around. So uh, be sure, uh, be that, sure. that kind of stuff is what just drives me crazy. Be sure to let me know when you guys get in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, My mind's already like on, seven dollars a uh, share, huh? No. Another big ones, two and a half, two million units, which yeah. would be unbelievable. Um, so we'll we're, we'll stay tuned on that one. Uh, awesome. It'll be built into two million shirts this year potentially uh, if we can get this thing done. But you know, overnight success, and it only took seven years and uh, you know a couple weeks. <laughs> well, you know, and what I what I love is like you ain't going back at this point. It's one of my favorite things. When I hear six years, seven years, eight years, I'm like, ooh, any day now, any day. Now. I got love it because like it's a you're not going back. And B, you're so far along that you've been through it. You've already been climbing Mount Everest. So it's like, I've got the snow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and now it's just about, you know, refining the processes and the approaches and, and all these things. So it's like, uh, it's it's cool. It's cool to see, you know, um, and you've got all this other experience and all these other things in your hands and other things. So it's cool. It's a lot of it's keeping you very, um, you know, driven in, in it. Um, what do you, what do you have, what, what do you have coming up next? Like any, any plans, anything for 2020, anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, so um, the focus is uh, go tireless as well. We just launched um, so about a year ago. I heard a podcast about the Untuck It guys on Kevin yep. O'Leary's channel, mm-hmm. um, right around my birthday, which is in December of 2018. And I just happened to hear this podcast, and I was like listening. I'm like, God, their story is so similar to ours. These guys have now built a 200, 250 million dollar a year brand on a non proprietary shorter shirt. And it's like, okay, we heard that. I heard that. And I was like, we got to make our own shirt. And I had a couple other people in my ear saying, you got to make your own shirt. And so within two weeks of hearing that podcast, I had a prototype shirt in hand. Um, My partner and I, Steve, we went shopping at like a Nordstrom Rack or the mall that was by. We just went to a bunch of stores and tried out a bunch of shirts, bought a bunch of shirts. said, we like this. We like that. We like this. We like that. We went out then and said, hey, we're going to sell 200 locations or 200 memberships basically we try to get these founders that would be have a vested interest in our success. And so we offered 200 shirts um, and sold out of those in 72 hours. And mm-hmm. then we took the feedback from those 72 shirts and listened to what actual people had to say. And then we came out with three new colors. Those launched late uh, last year. They're incredible. We got a light blue with navy. We got a black and white uh, gingham with black trim. And then we have this gray uh, with black trim. And they're just really clean. All of them have 3% stretch. The gray one's got a little bit of uh, uh, poly in it, so it's a wrinkle-resistant shirt. Really awesome colors. Got a new Facebook guy that's running ads, and we're actually – he has already long outsold what that $30,000 company did in December um, as of this month. And, um, you know, we're we're lining up our new production, which is going to happen in Turkey, and we're going to be able to launch a ton of new colors. Um, we're talking to some brands. We're going to be able to do um, custom liners. So we can digitally print anybody's logo within the shirt. So you mm. could have your own branded shirt. If you're a Marriott or a car dealership or a real estate firm and you want your logo inside the shirt instead of left chest like a 
you know, a trade show guy would have. We're going to have a whole new line of shirts available that were designed to be worn without a tie that look amazing all day and night long. And your logo could be built right into the shirt. And so we've got some really, really cool stuff with Go Tylus coming out. Um, million dollar collar, like I said, we're in negotiations right now with a gigantic company to do a two million unit test. I'm fighting to get into men's warehouse. We're talking to a couple other big brands along those lines and um, just trying to expand out the places that offer it so that it's just easier and easier and easier to get your shirts upgraded. We have a VIP mail-in service. So if you are busy and you don't want to go to the dry cleaner, you want to go somewhere logo, I'll literally mail you a bag that you can throw five shirts into you ship them to us we'll upgrade them fold them and ship them back to you it takes a couple weeks to get it all done and that's we've got that service i've got a wholesale account now with a couple of brands so we've got tommy hilfiger and kenneth cole and calvin klein shirts on our website on milliondollarcollar.com that are already upgraded with million dollar collar so if you don't want to screw with it at all and you like any of those brands you can just go grab one of their shirts it's already done and ready to go um, so yeah, we, we're just trying to make it as easy as possible and let everybody know that we even exist. Now, I think everything you said was awesome. Like, first of all, the tenacity of being like, I will mail you a bag for the shirts. You bring them back to us. We will do them for you. It just, it just goes to show you like, if I've got to build brick by brick, one customer at a time, I will do whatever it takes. So there's that side, but then there's the flip side of, of expanding your product offerings, knowing what you've seen these last seven years. That's the stuff that sometimes people don't understand is that like, look, the market's been giving you so many signals for so many years and so many interactions and so many relationships and customers and all these things. It's like, oh, this makes sense. That doesn't make sense. This one does. This one does. That one may later on. It's like the only way we know these things is from the journey, you know, and, and it's and it's exciting times that you guys got going on. There's a lot of like really cool things all starting to kind of flow together into its stream you know what i mean so it's it's uh it's cool man where where how can people get a hold of you so um uh, i don't really do social media that much um i mean i have one but i i i don't run that's not okay really that's okay uh, but my my email if anybody's got any questions about patenting or anything like that um it's rob at million dollar um our websites are million dollar and go um Everything is on, you know, those two sites and um, we have all the social media handles for both of those companies. So if you got some positive, fun things to say, I would, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because our, our reviews are all, like it. We've, we were told by a company that we had to put up low reviews just to make it seem just to be real. So people would believe us. The only like one star reviews we get on our website are it hasn't shown up yet or uh you know, like weird things that have nothing to do with the products. So right. We literally had to put those in so that it's not like 5.0 because once people try this and once you look at somebody else walking around with their shirt, not looking the way a million dollar collar shirt looks, you will never unsee it. And it's just going to be one of those things that stands out. And my friends always say to me, thank you for making me acutely aware of a problem I never knew I had. But now that you know you have it, it's it's just a game changer. So, and I'm part of that group that knows it's a problem. That I'll even so I even iron at home, bro. Like that's how if I don't if I don't take it to the cleaners, I'll iron at home and I'll use starch at home. Like that's how far I'll take it. And even then, it doesn't it doesn't stay. So that's why I know exactly what problem you're talking about. And it's true. Like it, <laughs> it does. It slouches. It like it does something. And then 
and then I don't know, it doesn't have that nice V. Like <laughs> I totally get it, man. Um, the perfect V with MDC, right? It's like so I I totally get everything everything you guys are doing. <laughs> Um, and, and appreciate man. And I appreciate you also sharing like the, the not so glamorous stuff too, man. Like I, I know that that resonates with the, with the audience and, um, I've got a very, very loyal, awesome following. They're very supportive. They're very cool. They're very engaging. They might reach out. And if they do, they're also the type that would probably just compliment you on, on, on your brands and actually say, Hey, like, this is cool. And thank you. And I'll try it out. And this is my feedback. And like, they're very, they're good. I love my audience. They're, 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 I have a relationship with them. So, um, and I appreciate having you on the show, man. Um, for real, you're you know you're welcome back later on. I would say it's a journey driven podcast. So a year from now, you might be like, well, we just did the biggest acquisition in history. <laughs> here's here's the headache I just learned from that, you know, or whatever it might be, you know. But you, I'd love to have that conversation. You know. So, um, thank you, man. I appreciate you for being on the show. Matt, you're awesome. Thanks so much. This was a blast. Absolutely. For everybody listening, Rob Kessler. Million Dollar Collar. Go to milliondollarcollar.com or go tylist.com. Uh, you can find them on social as well, too. Um, and you can also email rob at milliondollarcollar.com if you have any questions. Uh, reach out. You guys, um, he's available. This man literally will like probably come to your town and probably sew them in. I mean, he's he's dedicated to the product. So to show the support back and, and reach out and ask any questions, please feel free to do so. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys, um, you know, for for the constant feedback as well. I'm just like Rob in that sense. I love the feedback, you guys. The ratings and reviews have been amazing, and you guys reaching out and tell me how you feel uh, through DM, text, email, all that stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, so for Rob Kessler, for myself, uh, Matt Gosson, for the the show Hustle Separately, we are out. <laughs>